eyes is like, is like almost bad compared to the good that God's got. Isn't that awesome that God's, God's exceedingly, abundantly generous to us and, and He has things for us and things in store for us that we couldn't even dream of. And, uh, and so uh, God's heart is to transform us and not to change us to someone we're not, but actually to transform us into the person that He's always created us to be. And, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And uh, we want to see people know Jesus. And uh, we're not about religion. We're not about rules or laws or, or black and whites or anything like that. We're actually about a relationship with the living God. That's what we're all about. We're about knowing God, knowing God, not just knowing about, you know, because a lot of people know about God, right? It's, it's quite easy to know about God. You, if you're a good reader, you, you can know a lot about God. But it's actually not about that because if, if, our, if our Christianity was about our intellect, then, then really that only makes a certain percentage of the world's population eligible to actually be, you know, be a, be a Christian or even, or, or to be able to journey out their faith. But actually it's not about intellect or knowledge, it's about relationship. And that's available to everyone. And that, no matter where we are, no matter what, what, what our background is, like I said, no matter, uh, you know, what our life looks like, it's about knowing and having a personal relationship with God. And that's what we're about. We're about people finding community. Isn't it awesome that we actually get to come here and, uh, and journey with people who are, you know, uh, that are all on, all on this journey together. And we get to find family. And I know there's plenty of people in our city who, are, who, who, who are missing, having, have missing links in that family life, in that situation where they haven't found community. You know, one of the biggest things facing our city uh, and the cities around the world today is isolation. I don't know if you know, but I think it was about two years ago now, uh, London or, uh, the, or the, Eng- the UK was the first country to appoint a minister for loneliness. Uh, they created a whole portfolio in their government to tackle loneliness. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? I, like, incredibly sad, but incredible that that's the world we live in today, where we're hyper-connected, but hyper-lonely as well. And, uh, and there's a facade of connection, a facade of community, but it's actually not creating uh, and filling the void that a lot of people are looking for. And, and so that's what we do. We, we help find, we, we find community, we find family, uh, but also we discover purpose, and that's our heart, that you would discover your purpose. And that every single person, no matter, uh, no matter age, stage, or, or everything in between, that every single person has a purpose uh, that has been given to them by God. And it's about uncovering that and finding that and, and believing that there are gifts in you that God has put there and things that you can do in this world to make a difference. And, uh, and that's our heart. Amen? I just want to, I think it's just good to refresh. This is why we do what we do. This is why we're here every week. And, uh, and it's awesome. So uh, this morning, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, walk in the Word, such an important topic for us. And, uh, and if you're writing notes, as always, ha- love, love to have a title, a bit of a title theme. And, uh, and my, my, my title this morning for this message is, You Are What You Eat. Hey, you are what you eat. And uh, who, who feels immediately slightly uh, convicted about what the, you know, who's heard that before? Come on, you are what you eat. And, uh, you know, it, it's good. And, and that can be a positive thing. That could be a negative thing. And I'll let you discern that for yourself. Uh, but but it's, the, it's true nonetheless, is that we are what we eat. Uh, and, and obviously I don't mean in a physical sense uh, in this situation, but uh, we'll get into it. I want to start in, uh, actually, the book of Daniel. I want to look at the story of Daniel and uh, just to give you a bit of context here, uh, Daniel uh, was a uh, Israelite, uh, and, and the whole Israelites, the, uh, the people of God, had just been taken into captivity into a place called Babylon. 
and, uh, and they, were, they were taken out of their homeland, and they were held captive uh, in, in Babylon. And uh, it's interesting because they were there for about uh, 70, 70 years, and, uh, uh, and, and, and they were encouraged uh, by, uh, by the prophets to not just kind of survive this time, but actually thrive in it, like settle, like get, get used to it. Get, get used to the culture, the foreign culture you're in. Get used to the things that, that, are, that seem uh, at, at odds with your faith, that seem at odds with your belief system. Just get, just get involved in it. Don't hide away and shy away from this world that you've been put in, but actually be a part of it and actually thrive in it. And I find it interesting that uh, it's, it's kind of a picture, Babylon, of how we as believers can be in this world that can be so opposing uh, in a lot of the time to our belief system. It can be opposing to our, our own personal culture and our own faith. And our God does not want us to hide away from it. God does not want us to shut all the doors and, and batten down the hatches and, and hide away and go, oh, like we're just going to wait until we get out of this place. That's actually not God's heart for us. He actually wants us to be in amongst the world that we're in and be a part of the world we're in and, and, and not be a, someone hiding away from it, but be someone who's actually a light and an influence in that world. And this picture of the people of God uh, who are held captive in Babylon is the picture of us in the world today. And we are not called to hide away from the world. Uh, but, but it's important that we understand that uh, we are living in a world where, where there are competing cultures. There are competing things uh, that, that, uh, that, that conflict and that challenge our belief system and challenge our way of living and challenge our lifestyle. And, uh, and this is the conflict that Daniel and some of his, uh, his, his peers were having uh, when they got taken into Babylon. And, and so we're going to start from Daniel 1 and verse 3. And it says this, uh, that the king of uh, Babylon ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service. So the king of Babylon had ordered uh, to, to, to round up and recruit a whole bunch of, of, of young men uh, into the king's service, some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility, young men without any physical defect. Hello, Joe Britton. <laughs> um, handsome. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, the chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name uh, Belteshazzar. Hello? Must have been an Aussie. Bel <laughs> to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Everyone always used to say Abednego. It's really weird, isn't it? It doesn't say that at all. But isn't it interesting, this is, this is what happened, and these, these, these young uh, Israelites got recruited into the Babylonian uh, king's service to get trained in Babylonian culture and literature, and, uh, and they got uh, served all this food. It was kind of, kind of a pretty good uh, setup, actually, but then their names were changed as well, and two things really happened to them in this moment, and, and there's two things that often in, in our world, in our life, can happen to us as well. And the first thing was that words were put over them. Their, their names, literally, their, their whole definition, their label, their names, their identifier was changed. 
And, uh, and it's interesting uh, what, how we respond to when, when there are words that are spoken over us, right? And sometimes we can't always control the words that are spoken over us, right? We, we have no control over that sometimes. And, and there's, we, we can try and set ourselves, set some boundaries, but there are plenty of times when there are just people who, who put words or put labels or put definitions or put pretense or put stereotypes and all these kind of things. And then they put words over us that we have no control over. In this situation, these guys had no real control over the names that were given to them. There were names and, and words that were spoken over them they had no control over. But interesting, and then they, 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 they would portion food uh, that they would digest in the king's diet, the king and this culture and the, the food that they were eating. And I want to kind of use this as a metaphor in that and uh, this is kind of like what they were ingesting, the things they were putting on the inside of them. And, and something, this can be things where we can control, so we can't control the words that are put over us, but actually we have a decision to make about the things that we let in us. And there is a big difference. And uh, we might not be able to change the things spoken over us, but we can decide what gets on the inside of us. And that's exactly what these guys did. They, they, their names were changed. Their, their, their whole lifestyle was changed. But there was one thing that they, that they didn't allow, and that was that they made sure and they kept the boundary of what was actually getting on the inside of them. And, uh, and that's an amazing thing. Uh, in Proverbs 23, and there are some scriptures, guys, that I don't have on the screen, so I'll just, I'll just reference them. But in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, it says, For a man think as someone thinks in his heart, so is he. And so Daniel actually had this, uh, this kind of inner resolve, this, this determination to not allow, despite what was being spoken over, despite the words that he was surrounded by, he actually uh, didn't allow them to get on the inside of him. He actually didn't allow, he had boundaries in place where he actually said, I'm not going to actually digest that. I'm not going to ingest that. I'm not going to allow it to get in me. I'm not going to allow it to change the inside of me. I mean, you, you can change and whatever you want on the outside, on the external, but I'm not actually going to let it get on the inside. And we're talking about walking in the Word, and, and you are what you eat. And Daniel had a decision to make of what he was going to allow to get in him, what he was going to allow to be, become his diet uh, in, in this season of life. And uh, it says, in Jan it goes on in verse 8, of Daniel 1, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, but he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. And so Daniel made this determination, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat what you're eating. I'm not going to ingest what you're ingesting. And isn't that the same of our, of our faith, of our walk with God, that we can uh, go through life and there are plenty of things that our peers and the, and, the, and the world is offering as food for our soul, offering as the diet for our lives. I'm not, and, and, you know, there are some things, it's awesome, it's fine. It's like, you know, I'm not saying don't go to the movies, don't listen to me. I'm not saying any of that. You know, I love the movies. But, but what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that there's a point where we go, you know what, actually, uh, this isn't going to sustain me. This isn't the nutrients that my soul needs. I need to feed on something different. You are what you eat. And, we, and God is calling us to, to, to ingest and to have a diet uh, that's from another place. Even though we're in a world that's offering a whole bunch of, of, of food and things, but ultimately those things that the world's offering never satisfy the hunger of our soul, and we need to feed on something else. And Daniel knew this, and he, and, and he, and he made a determination, an inner resolve to be faithful to what, what the, the things that God was providing for him. And we need to set and direct our inner man. It says that Daniel resolved. 
And we need to have a resolution in our spirit, an inner kind of determination. I'm going to feed on the things of God. I think it's so easy to, uh, anyone a snacker? Any snackers? I, I work from home a bit, uh, and, and so, yeah, I see that hand, Vicky. Yeah, I work from home three days a week, and I find that uh, snacking is, is quite a thing when you work at home because it's like, you know, it's like, it's just the fridge is right there. And, and so I, the way I do it is I just don't put any food in the fridge anymore. I just, so I have to like, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, but, but, but it's easy to snack. It's, e- it's easy to, and sometimes we, we, that life can be like that where we're, we're kind of just going through it. And so, oh, I just, I'll just snack on that. I'll just snack on that. And, and we fill up on all this other stuff and we actually forget to feed on the stuff that's actually the right things for us. We need to have an inner Inner resolve, I'm going to feed on the Word of God. I'm going to feed on the things of God. I'm going to fill my spirit. I'm going to fill my soul with the right stuff, with the right nutrients. And uh, don't underestimate the power of your will. Your will to determine, that's what, I'm gonna, that's what I need. That's what I'm deciding to feed my soul on. Uh, and, uh, and Daniel was relying on another table. That's what I want to talk about is that, you know, he had, there was the king's table with all the choice food, the choice wine. Sounds pretty good. Um, pretty tempting, but uh, he had another table, a secret table that he was feeding on, a spiritual table. And uh, Jesus even refers to this in John 4. He says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging the, uh, Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, and he wasn't talking about real food, though. The disciples were, but Jesus said, I've got, I've got another food. I've got another table that I'm feeding from. I've got another source of nutrients that I'm feeding from. In, uh, in Psalm 23, it says that you prepare a table before me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's David talking to the Lord, saying he prepares a table for me. Even in amongst my enemies, even in amongst things that are challenging and situations that seem uh, adverse to, to my faith, God prepares a table for us. In that place, and no matter what we're surrounded by, God has things that he, he's, he's got for us. Uh, in Isaiah 55, it says, Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Uh, Psalm 119 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The word of God is that food. The word of God is the nutrients and the table that God has set for us. He's set, God has literally, in this, in this book, God has set a table at our feet. God has, this, this it might look like, a, you know, just a, a book, but, but actually this is a banquet. This is a banquet that we can go to and feed from, feed our soul with the words. In, uh, in Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds, this is our banquet, this is our source of life, this is our, the food for our soul that satisfies beyond anything else. And we experience this table through prayer and the word, through actually sitting and, and diving and walking out and living out and feasting at, 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 at this word. And my, my prayer is that literally in the next 10, 15 minutes, we would rediscover a hunger for this banquet that maybe we forgot was even here. And that we would be reminded that we don't have to have uh, food regret. Come on. I'm, I, uh, there's, there are a couple of things that I, I, this happens with me. And one of them is KFC. And I used to have a ritual. Uh, it's, it's called, it, was, it, was, it was my Friday KFC day. 
And when I was in youth ministry, it was awesome. We had Fridays with youth that night, but KFC that day. And that was, and, and that was just the thing. And I, but every, then every Saturday morning, it's like, oh, why did I do that? Come on, we all get, when we all get fruit, but let's not, let's, not, let's not have food regret for our soul. Come on, let's not go, oh, why did I, why did I, I didn't need that. I didn't, I didn't need to eat that. I didn't need to ingest that. I didn't need to, because it, it's good, but it doesn't satisfy. Come on, let's, let's go to the right table. And, uh, and that's how we do it. This is how we do it. In James 1 and verse 22, it says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, how's this, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intensely into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Isn't that amazing? And so James is talk, talking how, how the word is, is, is like a mirror. And how do, we, how, do we, how do we feed at this table? How do we feed at this, this banquet that is the word of God? It, it's, it's, it's saying it's something that we, that we like a mirror, we, we look at and we see a reflection. And, and, and we're actually feed, that reflection is actually feeding our soul. And it's interesting, often we, 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 we read this and, we, and we, we look at the Word and we see Christ, right? And we see God, and that's good, that's true, because the Word is, is Christ, uh, you know, Christ is the Word made flesh, John 1 says, right? And so the Word is Christ. But it's saying here that actually when we look at the Word, uh, we're not actually, in a way, seeing Christ. We are, but we're, we're actually, it's a mirror. That means we're seeing a reflection. But we look at it and we see Christ and we go, oh, I'm so far short of that reflection, but, but it's a reflection. Therefore, if you're seeing Christ in it, but it's a reflection, it means it's, it's you. You're actually not, you're seeing Christ in you. And so when we look at the Word and we see Christ in the Word of God, we're seeing His reflection in us. And it's saying that uh, the person who looks at the Word and does not forget, does not forget what they look like. Someone who, so, someone who, who walks away and immediately forgets what they look like. And so when we see the word, we're actually seeing ourselves. And so when you see victory and healing and miracles and promise and breakthrough in the word of God, you're not just seeing Christ, you're seeing you. You're seeing you. And so often people look at the word and they see a reflection that they feel like they can't meet. But it's a reflection. The very nature of a reflection is it is you. It is you. This, what you see in this already exists in you. Like M said, it's already been done. The victory is already won. And so when we see the promise of healing, that's the reflection of, of healing in you. This is Christ, uh, and this is our reflection. This is what God has done already in us. And uh, the more we look at it, the more we remember that's who I am too. The more we look at it, the more we see the image, and we, and we, and we start to change our mindset. This is who I am. This is not an image, an image that I'm falling short of. This is an image that God has already made me. And so we've got to, as we continue to look, and then we walk away from it, and, and it's so easy to forget that image, right? Because life gives us a different reflection, a different image. But as we go back and we see, we see this is who I am. This is who God's created me. This is how God's put me together. This is the reflection I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And as we look at that image, and we start to see ourselves differently and we see God the way God sees us, then we actually start to live out of that place. 
the more our belief about ourselves changes, the more our behavior will change. We will behave according to the way we see ourselves. We will live according to the person we think we are. And as we feed on the right source, we become what we consume. And we become what we eat. We are what we eat. And as we eat the image of the Word of God, we start to become that and live that out in our daily lives. That's why, that's why James says, uh, if, you, if you continue in it, if you do it, you'll be blessed in what you do. Because, because our behavior follows our beliefs and that, that, that right behavior that follows our beliefs will, will end up in blessing. When we start to live out of the image of Christ, we'll find that blessing follows us. Blessing is, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about physical, material blessing. I'm saying the, the blessings of God, the, bless, the blessings of peace and joy and hope and righteousness. Those blessings of someone who understands truly who they are in Christ. And that comes from consuming the word of God. Look intently. Look intently. James said, look intently into the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of freedom. As we look intently, as we, as we, as we, as we fix our gaze on the right source. That's what's going to feed our soul. Amen. All right. Colossians 1 verse 22, it says this. I want to just give you a little glimpse of what is the image, what is the reflection that we see. It says this, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That's pretty good news. But now, everyone say now. I'll come and say like a minute. Now. now. But now. Now. Not, not tomorrow. See, it's heaters. Now. Now. But now. Now he has. Now he, now. There's no other, I'll, do you want to know the Greek definition of now? Now, right now, he has reconciled you, put you together, made peace with you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. So when you look, say this is a mirror, I'm looking at the mirror and I see, the refle- I see a reflection in this mirror. It is, it's a mirror. You know, when you, know when you try and look at the back of your head in a mirror and you're like, you, you, you can't, it's physically impossible. That's, you think, oh, but that looks like Christ. But hang on, it's, a, it's, not glass, it's not a window, it's a mirror. That's me. That's me. Wait, but I thought that was Christ. No, that's, that's you. That's your reflection. That's not Christ. That's, Christ. that's your reflection. In 1 John 1, it says that you are like, we are like Christ in the earth. That's your, that's your image. That's your reflection, healed, forgiven, holy in his, in his sight, holy in his, not just in your sight, but in his sight you're holy. What, is it, what does it mean to be holy in his sight? It means to be without blemish and free from accusation. Do you know what it means? You know, without blemish, spotless, faultless, not one crack, not one, not one little issue. You might not feel like that, but that's, that's the reflection. Now. Now. And if you start to see yourself that way, you'll start to walk out that way. You are what you, are what you eat. And so if you're consuming that image, you're going to become that image. 
You are where you're without blemish. That's present tense. You're without blemish and free from accusation. What that's, what's that talking about? It's that you're talking about you're not just faultless, but you're blameless. So everything you feel like you've done up until this point, phew, free from accusation. No one can accuse you of anything. No one can say, yo, but what about that last year? What about that yesterday? What about that, you know, back in Joe? Blameless. Blameless. Net now. Holy in his sight. You're holy in his sight now. You're holy in his sight now. Now. And the more we see ourselves the way, the more we feed our soul in the word and gaze intently at this image and this reflection and let it feed our soul, we start to find ourselves walking out of that image and of that place. That's a beautiful thing. If I can grab the band um, back up, that would be awesome. How's this? I'll finish on this. In Daniel 1, it goes on in verse 15. It says, at the end of the 10 days that Daniel had required asked to eat different, uh, the different food, it says, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. I love that. They looked different. They looked better. They were, they were feeding on a different source. You know, people notice when you feed on the right things. I, I know I notice when I feed on the right things. I know my, uh, Beck is a bit of an organic health, like healthy nut in terms of her diet. And, uh, and so I've kind of had to follow suit to a degree. And it's awesome though. Because now when I, if I kind of relapse... I real I realize how I realize how not good when you eat because when you eat healthy when you're not eating healthy you don't really realize but then when you re- eat healthy and then you you go back to eating something unhealthy you realize how actually because your body's like not used to it anymore they looked far better people notice come on when we're feeding on the right things. Not only do people notice, it says in verse 18, at the end of the time set by the king to bring him into the service, uh, in, in verse 19, the king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel. God uses us when we start to actually feed our soul on the right things because we become someone who's uh, healthy in our spirit and healthy in our soul and we become people who aren't just hiding away and conforming to the the food and the patterns of the world but actually we become people who actually have something different on the inside of us and I want to implore us this morning let us be a people who feed on this table or not that table this banquet this food source let's allow this gold to get on the inside of us sweeter than honey people notice the difference and God will use us I really believe that in the next couple of weeks as we engage and allow ourselves to feed again there are people you're going to find your spirit thanking you and go oh I needed that you know when you eat a good meal you're like oh just what I needed. You feel your body thanking you. Like, oh, you're high-fiving on the inside. You know when you drink a good, like a really good green juice and you feel like your liver's just <laughs> high-fiving you? <laughs> Come on. I promise you, your soul is going to be high-fiving itself.
as you feed on the right source. You find fresh life and health and act. You're going to find energy in your spirit that you haven't had in a long time. Energy. Oh, eyes bright. Awareness, clarity. There's people here and you felt confused and foggy in your spirit. And as you feed on the right source, you're going to find clarity coming to your spirit again. Clarity coming to your soul. Amen. Hey, why don't you close your eyes for me just as we finish in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, if you're here this morning, just with no one looking around, just to respect each other's privacy, and you want to lean in again and, and come back to the, maybe this table, maybe, maybe you've never sat at that table of God's promises, God's love, God's grace. You've never eaten of the goodness of His love and His forgiveness. Maybe you have once and you've, it's been a while since you sat at this table instead of the other table. You want to eat again of God's grace, taste His goodness. With no one looking around, I'd love you just to slip your hand up. Just say, God, that's me this morning. I want to taste. I want to experience. I want to eat again at the banquet of your grace. Why don't you just slip your hand up and say, Mitch, that's me. I want to do that. I want to return. Thank you. I see that hand. I want to return to that table. I want to experience and Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Beautiful. Why don't we say this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love, your grace, your goodness over my life. Today, I choose again to ingest and feed on your promise and on your love. I thank you. You're our Father. I'm your child. And I'm holy in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, we stand to our feet.